Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Steve Hilton Show. It is my first day back after a two-week break in Alaska, which was in the wilds of Alaska, I should say. Like, really was amazing. No internet, no phone, nothing. Fantastic. Lots of bears. Um, if you follow me on Twitter at Steve Hilton X, you can see that I've been promising photos of the bears, and you will get them. Uh, but we're taping this on what's the date? Monday, the. Uh, 21st, Monday the 21st of August, um, and it's my first day back, so apologies if I'm a little bit rusty, you know, trying to figure out how it all works, but it's very good news, uh, because on this first day back, we're going to be brought right up to date with all the important things going on by our friend from Southern California, um, but it has been very wet, and so we're, we're very happy to see Susan Shelley with us, our friend Susan Shelley, who seems pretty dry. It's, <laughs> are you all right? Everything seems to be fine. It was a really long okay. rainstorm. But in Los Angeles County, it was not it was not terribly hurricane-like. We didn't have terrible winds or damage or anything. Yeah, I think there's been you know like, like you know obviously we 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 think very much of anyone who's been negatively affected. There's been um, lots of you know mud going on in in, in the desert area. Seems to me uh, as of this moment seem to be worse. But you know we'll we'll keep an eye on all of that. Um, but actually, Susan is going to inform us about what's going on on a couple of really important things. And I just want to set this up so that you can understand why. Why this is so important? That, that it's it's to do with uh, a couple of ballot initiatives, ballot, ballot initiatives for that are so such an important tool for us here in California, who want sensible policies and to move the state in the right, right direction. Because right now, statewide ballot initiatives are pretty much the only tool we have to get sensible legislation passed. Because you have these big super majorities in the state legislature, Democrats control for Democrats, Democrats control. The, all the statewide elected positions. And so, you know, this is the only thing. This is the tool at our disposal as citizens to try and get common sense into the system. And there are a couple of really important ones that Susan's been involved with. We've talked about them before. There's news on both of them. One is about repealing the death tax. The other is about the uh, Taxpayer Protection and Government Accountability Act, which is about limiting taxes. There. The news there oh. is about the shenanigans that are going on with the Democrats trying to undermine it and stop it. The measure that is on, that's going to be on the ballot is about stopping tax increases. Um, of course, the Democrats love tax increases. We've seen that, all of us, in our lives, in our personal lives as businesses and so on. Yeah. So they are trying all these shenanigans through constitutional amendments being pushed by the new Speaker of the Assembly in the state legislature using these constitutional amendments to basically help Democrats raise taxes. And there are two of them. Susan's going to explain what's going on. Ah. And then after that, uh, there's another piece of news which you may have uh, may have caught from Southern California, yeah. from Los Angeles, mayor. where oh. the mayor, Karen Bass, um, after all these years where it seems that Democrats couldn't care at all about uh, crime or robbery or theft, didn't do anything when small businesses were being robbed and burnt to the ground, as we saw a couple of years back. Not interested in that. But the minute that it's Louis Vuitton stores... Um, and high-end retailers and all these retail gangs thieving and looting um, up and down the state. Well, well, Mayor Karen Bass of Los Angeles has leapt into action. She's going to do something about it. What's she going to do about it? She's appointed a task force to look into it. Now, guess why that task force is going to be totally toothless and useless? Not... It concerns a piece of statewide legislation. I wonder if you can figure out what it is uh, that will completely um, stop anything useful coming out of whatever she says. Um, like so find out later in the show. But first, uh, Susan, let's get to these uh, these ballot initiatives and the tax 
the, the tax policies that are being pushed by the Democrats to help them increase taxes on an ongoing basis. Let's take it step by step. The first one, the repeal the death tax initiative. We've talked about this report before. Remind us what it is and what's the latest okay, update. Okay, this is fixing shenanigans that happened in 2020. The shenanigans then was in Proposition 19, which looked like it was about helping wildfire victims and seniors move to a new home and not have a tax increase, which it did, and that's fine. It also had hidden in it the biggest property tax increase in the history of the state of California. And what that did was change the tax treatment for an inherited home and limited other property. Because prior to Prop 19 passing, you could pass your home and up to a million dollars of assessed value of other property, like a vacation cabin or a small business or a small apartment building, a duplex, you could pass that to your kids and it would not be reassessed. It didn't count as a change of ownership, parent to child. Prop 19 took that away and no one knew that they were voting on that. So what we are doing is we are repealing that part of Prop 19, just that part. We call it repeal the death tax because it hits people mm -hmm. when their parents die and you get the new tax bill in the mail with the sympathy cards. It's horrible. So we are gonna repeal that. And we are due to get our title and summary this week. We are going to put the petition together and get it online. You will be able to download an official legal petition on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, print it in your house or office, sign it, fill it out at the bottom where you say declaration of circulator, put it in the mail back to us, that will be a legally valid petition. We are hoping to get 2 million signatures on this as fast as we can. We need about a million, but we, we're hoping we can just inform the whole state. It's so exciting. All right. So here's the, first, just a couple of questions. First of all, when you say we, that's Howard Jarvis Taxpayer. Right. Howard Jarvis Taxpayer. Association. Get the name wrong. Association. Right. I was going to say Alliance. I always forget the A. The Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, with with which you are affiliated. Um, what's your role there? Just to Vice President everyone. of Communications. There you go. Um, uh, and that is a, just an amazing fact that they snuck in, the, as, you, as you put it, the biggest ever tax increase in, when was that? So that was last time. That was 2020. 20, uh, 2020, right. I'm sorry. Okay. So so this, just one one thing, I, I know these details may be, not be interesting to everyone, but they're, I'm fascinated by them and they do affect things. So it's worth understanding. And I think a lot of, that's the point of this show, to try and, you know, go behind the headlines and really unpack the wiring. So that was a proposition. And in your view, it snuck in this big tax increase, which you're, you're repealing that part of it with this measure that Howard Jarvis is promoting. Um, when you're overturning previous things, am I right in thinking that that is not a ballot initiative that's called a referendum? Or is that only when you're overturning a law that's passed by the legislature? That's right. It's a, a referendum is when you are overturning a law passed by the legislature. So this isn't that. This is just right. a regular what, see, this ballot is, initiative. This relates to Proposition 13, which passed in 1978 mm -hmm. and was a constitutional amendment. And then Proposition 58, which was the parent-child transfer, in 1986, mm -hmm. which was a constitutional amendment. Proposition 19 was a constitutional amendment. The only way to fix this is with a constitutional amendment. So that's what we're doing. So that's why you need more that's signatures right. than for a ballot initiative. Than for a, okay, for a law. Right. So very, so, and again, you mentioned this, this phrase title and summary, what? which I'm ver very familiar with because I um, am in what? the final stages of uh, launching our own ballot initiative on the, on the question of, um, 
uh, home ownership and, and getting more things built so that people can afford to live in California, you don't have to leave the state. So we've got a lot to say about that coming up. But title and summary for those who, who haven't uh, followed all this closely, that is the, those are the words that appear on the ballot for, for all of these ballot initiatives. Um, and you, the people who are, who are promoting the policy change don't get to d write that. It's written by the state attorney general an elected partisan politician. Right now it's uh, Rob Bonta. So they decide how to describe your measure on the ballot. It's, a, it's kind of amazing and pretty corrupt, I think, um, because they absolutely use it to try and uh, get rid of things and, 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 and organize people to, uh, to try and sort of put people off things that they don't like. I mean, they misdescribe things in the, in the most ridiculous way. Yes, they do. Um, you get two shots at it, though. Uh, there's one title and summary for the circulating petition, and then there's another mm -hmm. title and summary for the ballot itself. And if they are oh. too too biased, you can go to court and you can challenge it. The courts have been very forgiving of the attorney generals and created a very broad standard. But if they say something that's just openly misleading, you can go to court and get that changed. Right. So this one that you're going to get this <laughs> week... I mean, any, any moment now, it could be any, uh, from the from the attorney general's office is right. going to be the language that literally goes on the petition that you have to physically right. sign. Because for all of these ballot initiatives, however many signatures you need, they need to be physical right. signatures. Yes. They can't be clicking on a button. They have to be in person. Paper and, so and ink. This is the initiative process. It goes back to 1911. If they didn't have it in 1911, we can't use it now. So paper and ink and postage and right. mail it back. Exactly. And I don't even want to get distracted uh, into a conversation about, well, if it's good enough for the ballot initiatives, <laughs> why, is, why isn't it good enough for voting and so on? Let's not have that. Go there. It's a longer conversation. Anyway, um, so that, that, that's that one. Yeah. Repeal the debt. I've got, a, I've got a, by the way, so if you're listening to this, not watching, I literally just had a Mike Pence moment. Do you remember those vice presidential debates? <laughs> you uh, last time I had a fly. I literally had a fly. There's a buzzing fly, which is very annoying. I said it at the beginning of the shot. I hope this fly doesn't get too annoying. Um, <laughs> sure enough, it literally must have heard me. It landed well, on my head. Well, if you're going to have a Mike Pence, Pence moment, better that one than some of the others. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Exactly. There you go. So let's hope the fly stays away. Uh, so that's the first one. This is re so really, really important. This this sneaky stealth tax they put in the stealth death yes. tax. Yes, repealthedeathtax.com is the website. Repealthedeathtax.com. Very good. Okay, now, but that moves us actually to the other things that are going on that that, that we want to talk about that you've drawn to our attention, because as you said, because it's a it's a it's because it was a proposition that passed it in the first place. You need a constitutional amendment to overturn it. Right. Yes. So, this is what's happening on that front. The speaker, the, there's a new speaker of the assembly in the state legislature. He's called Robert Rivas. Uh, the previous guy was Anthony Rendon, Rendon, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, and he was seen, the, the previous guy was seen as pretty left wing, um, controlled by the unions and so on. This guy, the new one, Robert Rivas, has been presented as more moderate, more business friendly, and so on. That's been the spin. Uh, but what he's doing now. Um, is engaging in a bunch of shenanigans as, as far as you're concerned susan and let's hear all about the details to again on this question of tax because he's behind two constitutional amendments that would in different ways contribute 
to the Democrats' desire to keep raising taxes. Tell us about it. Well, to, to take the story at the beginning, Proposition 13 said that local taxes have to pass with a two-thirds vote of the electorate. Two-thirds vote of the electorate for local taxes. The idea was they were cutting property taxes. They didn't want all the other taxes to be easily raised afterwards. So it required a two-thirds vote for local taxes. Immediately, the courts started hacking at that. Just a few years later, there was a, de a decision that said, well, general fund type taxes only need a simple majority, and the only kind that needs two-thirds is a so-called special tax where the money is dedicated to a special purpose. That was 1982. In 2017, the Supreme Court of California said, well, maybe even those don't always need a two-thirds. Maybe if they're proposed by citizen initiative, maybe they mm. don't need a two-thirds. Simple majority is good enough. Well, the Constitution says two-thirds for all of it. So what the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, in conjunction with interests in the business community, the California Business Roundtable and others, they have put together what, it, what they're calling the Taxpayer Protection and Government Accountability Act. It is going to be on the ballot November 2024. It says that a special tax on the ballot, no matter how it got there, needs a two-thirds vote. So it essentially restores Proposition 13 as interpreted by the courts. It, it restores the two-thirds vote for special taxes. It has already qualified. It is polling very well. So here comes the legislature. Here comes Robert Revis, the new assembly speaker, with another constitutional amendment proposal that says that particular one would need a two-thirds vote to pass. All constitutional amendments in California from 1849 forward have needed a simple majority to pass. But he has proposed ACA, Assembly Constitutional Amendment 13, which invents special rules for this measure alone. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. I thought that, that I didn't even read it. That, so this is a law that will become, how, how does it work? Because he's, he's in the legislature. Mm -hmm. So they've written their own kind of rival, pro it's a rival proposition. It's a, it's a it? constitutional amendment, and there are two ways to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot. One is with a two-thirds vote of each house of the legislature. That's a legislative mm -hmm. constitutional amendment. And the other is by collecting signatures for an initiative constitutional amendment. So the Taxpayer Protection mm -hmm. Act is an initiative constitutional amendment, and ACA yep. 13 is a legislative constitutional amendment which so he, changes the rules for passing so citizens' initiatives. It's amazing. It's amazing. So he's trying to circumvent the democratic process right. here with a specific law that the leg he's going to try and get his colleagues in the legislature to pass, two-thirds majorities in each mm -hmm. house, and that will stop you from restoring the law as was passed by voters in the right. first place. It's amazing. It's two th what's there's so many interesting things. First of all, just as a matter of fact, what are the chances that he will get this? And by the way, is the, does the timing work? So uh, presumably they've thought about it that, that when, whenever this passes, but it would have to be signed. I mean, we've, we're, 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 when would it be signed by the governor to make it effective in relation it to your... Doesn't, it doesn't have to be initiative. signed by the governor. It's a, it's a constitutional amendment proposal. So the legislature puts it on the ballot and then it goes to the voters and they could put it on the primary ballot, which is March 5th. And the I Taxpayer see. Protection Act is on the ballot November 2024. So it would apply. They could get it on the ballot right. early and it would right. apply 
to the November. So their election. two-thirds vote is, is just to get, to it, get on it on the ballot. ballot, and then it needs and then they a simple ne- majority from the voters. Right. So they're using the simple majority for their right. thing. Right. But they're denying it exactly. to you. That's the plan. Exactly. It's just amazing, it's, sort of shamelessness. It's very actually. carefully crafted to only apply to this one. Only apply to the taxpayer protection act. It only applies it's to citizens' initiatives amazing. that make it harder to raise taxes. That's what it applies to. So. So just a bit, is it drafted like that? So does it mention your initiative or what? Or right. is it the phrase that you just used, the citizens' it's initiatives citizens relating to Citizens' initiatives tax? that create a higher voter threshold. So they're arguing that the what the courts have done has made the threshold lower. So this measure in restoring the two-thirds is making the threshold higher. And therefore, it's their measure, amazing. is a, it applies to citizens' initiatives that raise the threshold for passing something. And and it only it would only be taxes. It would only be taxpayer protection. That's the only thing that yeah. this would apply to. So first, a couple of points. First of all, it just reminds us how incredibly important it is that we have organizations like the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. Because did I yes, get it right did. that time? <laughs> yeah. Um, because. Who's keeping it's so fiddly, it's so complicated, there's no scrutiny. I bet you nobody's heard about this on any local news that they may watch or whatever. And so this stuff just this is what happens in California. Mm-hmm. Because there isn't enough scrutiny, this stuff just slips through. It just through. slips through, and, exactly. And this is what and also so that's the first point. Thank goodness for you. Um and for and for keeping a no. BDI on all this stuff and taking the action needed to try and stop it. Second, I just want to repeat the absolute shamelessness. So they're saying, oh, no, if it's to do anything on taxes, two thirds majority needed, except our thing. Right. Which is which is still going to be using the the, the existing threshold of 50 percent. There's another example of total shamelessness. I mean, this is broader than California, but this is it's so interesting. So this thing is specifically designed to achieve a partisan goal <clears throat> and to fiddle and mess around with the Constitution of California in order right. to do it, to achieve a partisan goal, which is keeping open their opportunity to raise exactly. taxes. Um, now, we've just seen a huge amount of outcry in the media, column after column in the New York Times and elsewhere, um, castigating Ohio Republicans for doing something very similar, actually less aggressive than this in relation to abortion. So there's, and they just, they just defeated it. That wasn't, so they were trying, Ohio Republicans, there's going to be a a ballot initiative or something on the ballot in, in, I I haven't followed it too closely, relating to abortion in Ohio next year. So the Ohio Republicans passed something, uh, put something on the ballot to try and um, change the threshold to 60%. For a constitutional amendment, I may be getting the details of this wrong. So, but it's not. It's not. It's, the details aren't important. What's important is you have the left up in arms about the Republicans of Ohio and their dastardly attempt to 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 you know get their own way politically by raising the threshold uh, for a vote. And here you have the California Democrats doing it, even higher than sixty percent, two thirds, and not a, not peep a peep out of the media. It's an attack on taxpayers, and everybody's a yeah. taxpayer. This is not a special interest. This is not partisan. It's taxpayers. And it's yes. the, the Constitution under Prop 13 made it a little more difficult, not impossible, but a little more difficult to raise taxes. Well, that was the, can I just say, sorry to cut you off there, but that was the origin of Howard Jarvis, right. right? That was the whole thing. I mean, just that he was the guy that exactly. did that, no? Yes. yes. So the he saw that if, if property taxes were limited, and the reason they had to be limited is because they were based on market value, 
and market value was skyrocketing and people were getting these enormous tax bills on paper profits that they couldn't afford to pay. So mm -hmm. there was just outrage statewide. And when Prop 13 went on the ballot in 1978, it passed with 64 point something percent of the vote. So even Prop 13 would not have passed if this ACA 13 proposal yeah. had been law yeah. at the time. It would have missed well, by a couple points. Which is the whole points. point of it. Right. And, and so this one, let's just be, so people are following it. This one, this is ACA 13. Right. And it's, it's a piece of legislature that's been um, co-authored by the speaker, the Democrat speaker. It's, it's, I, I'm guessing it's moving through the it legislature, is, is it? It is moving through the goose. There's a hearing on Wednesday and, um, and they are going to try to move it along as fast as they can. Of course. Uh, because they, this they really, yes, they care, really about. care about. I mean, Shannon Grove's bill to protect child, you know, children trafficked for, se for sexual exploitation. No, no, no. They can block that. A bit. We, you know, the ability to raise taxes. We got to really get on with exactly. that. It's so, it's so disgraceful. Um, but one last question before we move on to the next one. What are the chances of it? I mean, the is the is the two thirds majority in the legislature? They have that, don't they? They have it if they want it. Um, but everybody who votes for ACA thirteen is going to be. They should be well aware that their voters are going to hear from the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association yeah. about that vote. And everybody should be well aware that this is a tax increase vote and it will be scored yes, because as because I think the numbers are, is it right? I always get this. I think I get it right. So in the in the assembly, you have 19 Republicans, 61 Democrats. And in the Senate, is it 32 Democrats and eight Republicans? I can't bear to look, but I think, I think you're I think right. Those, yes. I, I think those are the right numbers. And so that is more, they, they have they have majority of two thirds in both chambers of pure Democrats. What we're looking for here, therefore, is a couple of, well, more than a couple, a handful would do it, of Democrats to break ranks and vote against right. this. Democrats who That's understand that prosperity in California can't be sustained if you're raising taxes on voters again and again every election. And that's what these measures I mean, the, do. Yes. You make it easier to raise that's... taxes, and then they're on the ballot every election, and more and more of them pass. And it's cumulative, like a drug overdose. And it can't, people can't survive in this state with this endless threat to raise their taxes. So there has of to course. be some protection for businesses and for residents. There has to be. And just to, just to take a few steps back and have a broader strategic point here about policy, what th this is what this is what's going on. The consequence of all the other policies on housing and everything else is to increase the cost of and the regulations, endless regulations on everyone on business and whatever. The consequence, the the, the out, outcome of all those other policies, is to raise the cost of living for everybody. Right. And so, what's their response? Rather than reducing those pressures. Rather than reducing the things that make life expensive in California, oh, wow. they say, oh, wow, it's so expensive. Raise we need to taxes. raise taxes so we can have more welfare redistribution. That's, right. That's the lot. It's, it's, it's a terrible downward spiral. Yes, it is. And people are leaving as a result. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one, which is oh. another constitutional. Yeah. He's very busy, Robert Rivas. Um, he's pushing another one called ACA1. So this is another constitutional amendment on taxes. What's this one about? Well, this is also related to the two-thirds vote. When you put a tax on the local ballot for anything except school bonds, uh, school bonds can pass with 55% because of an amendment 20 years ago. But now, anything that's a special tax that goes on the ballot has to have a two-thirds vote. Leaving aside that loophole about citizens' initiatives that I mentioned earlier, if a governing body puts a tax on the ballot for transit or building water projects or anything they're going to do, parks, whatever, it needs a two-thirds vote if it's a local tax. So 
they are trying to lower the threshold to 55% for virtually everything. It applies to infrastructure, which is everything. And it also applies to affordable housing and supportive housing for the homeless and those kinds of projects. So virtually everything, instead of a two-thirds, would pass with just 55%. And this is, once again, going to cause more and more of these taxes to pass. Because you know how it is when you're voting in California. You get glossy mailers. You get those slate cards that say all the Republicans or all the Democrats are voting this way on that. And they're all just advertising so they can be very deceptive. And they can be the opposite of what the Republicans or Democrats are actually doing. But they can say it. It's the First Amendment. You can you can lie to the voters in an election. That's legal. So that's it. it, They will pass more easily with 55 percent. So the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association is trying very hard to stop this and has stopped it three or four times already because it's introduced Mm -hmm. every year. And it's a. Oh, this is right. They keep right. It's a direct attack on Prop 13. This year, it seems a little more dangerous because they've added some transit things to it so that regional, Mm -hmm. not just city councils and county boards of supervisors and special districts can put taxes on the ballot, but regional transit commissions and associations of governments Mm -hmm. can put taxes Mm -hmm. on the ballot and send you glossy mailers and tell you how wonderful it's going to be. And then the next thing you know, your taxes are higher. So we want to preserve the two-thirds vote. It's not that taxes Mm -hmm. can't be raised. It's just that you need a strong case to do it. So here's the thing that is just, so finally, again, before we comment on it, just some facts. So this is the same process as the one we previously discussed. They are, it's a piece of legislation that they're moving through. They're trying to get it passed in the legislature, and then this would also go on the ballot. Yes, it needs a two-thirds vote in each house of the legislature. If it gets to the ballot, it needs a simple majority, like all constitutional amendments, except the one that they're Except the ones that they want to stop. Right. Yeah. Okay, this, there you have it. The shamelessness, the brazen kind of chutzpah of all of this is just amazing. It shows you, actually, it's a really interesting, the anatomy of this is a, such an interesting um, you know, evidence of how complacent and arrogant that they've gotten mm-hmm. over the years with their supermajorities and with this total lack of scrutiny or accountability. That's exactly the so word. They just arrogant get is away exactly with these, the word. They just can put these things through. And the defining thing here is a total lack of principle in terms of the constitutional principle. The only principle here is we want the freedom to raise taxes as much as we want, whenever we want, wherever. Exactly. That's that's good. And so to achieve that, they're completely playing fast and loose with their with the constitutional principles. They say, well, over here, it's 50 percent and there it's 55 percent. And but you need a tooth. I mean, it's just it's laughable, really, the inconsistencies and the incoherence, except with the one focus, which is we want to raise taxes. You know what's so interesting is they have these super majorities, and yet the people of California are not on board with a lot of these very, yeah. very, very yeah. leftist policies that the supermajority believes in. And they know that. They know that. And they know that all you have to do is tell the voters this is a tax increase and it falls in the polls like a stone. So they are well aware that people are overtaxed, that they've had enough. Why don't they stop this? Why don't they do something that increases production and prosperity instead of constantly trying to crush it with taxes and regulation? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, 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 the, the, there's many, that's the central question. And one of the reasons is ideology. Another is the interests that operate on them. 
the people who they are funded by, often the you know the public sector unions and so on, who just constantly demand more and more money, um, and their ideology, which is growing government is good and that and government will solve all the problems. Um, it's just completely, and 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 the lack of accountability, the lack of challenge. Then you just get away with it because this is how we've been doing it for for years, and no one stops us, except for uh, you, Susan, and how Jarvis Taxpayers Associate. I'm going to keep saying it until I, I tell get you what. If you're going to if you're going to mess with Prop 13, you're going to have to go through the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association because we are standing exactly. at the ramparts. It's very, very, it's very important. I'm really pleased we had time to go through that in detail. We'll, we'll stay on top of it. We, we'll hear what they come back with on the repeal the death tax initiative to see what they call that. Just, um, you know, so much going on. It's going to be really interesting, actually. These initiatives, as I, I will end where I started on this particular topic, which is the initiatives are really important because actually, as I said, they have this massive majorities. They have these massive majorities in the legislature. They control the statewide offices. They 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 run the big counties and cities. You know, they with it where a lot of people live. And so, it's just this is a really important tool that we have. We have to really focus on the initiative. Yes, I know a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't really understand everyone. You know, I can't tell. It's a very common refrain. Like yeah. I see all the ads and I don't really know what it's about and so on. And that's very natural. Um, but actually it's really worth engaging in them and, and understanding them. Otherwise, you end up with that situation that you described at the beginning, which is they, sn they snuck in this incredibly big tax and ser serious tax increase. But no one noticed right. in 2020 in Prop 19. We've got to pay attention. Um, all right, let's move on to <laughs> this Karen Bass thing. Obviously, <laughs> it was just so funny. I, 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 um, the thing that was amazing to me, so, so we, we've seen all the videos actually of the these retail gangs and it's just awful. It's awful for, I mean, I don't care what kind of, whether you're a large retailer, whether you're a luxury goods store in a, in a fancy shopping mall or whether you are a small business. I mean, it's terrible. It's just a complete breakdown in law and order and civilized behavior that, that we have just gangs of looting. I mean, it's just not acceptable and it's become acceptable and accepted for too long. And they And we've seen the videos for years, for years it's been going on. But she's finally said she's going to do something about it. She has this press conference, and it's to announce a task force on it, on retail theft, as they call it. And the thing that was so funny was that even as she announced it, she kind of gave the game away, where she said, oh, oh it's not just a talking shop. <laughs> it's not just a talking <laughs> shop. We have real action, real action. Um, well... By saying that, you know that she knows that it really is just a talking shop. And of course, the, re the, the the complete futility of it, whatever she says, was revealed on the same day. Because on the same day, you had those. The thing that immediately prompted it was a robber, rob uh, store robberies in Gl in Glendale, in in one of the malls there, which I know. Um, and they they arrested one of the people, and they charged that person, and who was then let out the same day. Within, no hours. within hours, within hours, right? Yes. With, for a ticket, and why? And this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. What is the sort of, you know, the, the the kind of, you know, guess why all of this is totally futile? Because we have a state law, which people are very familiar with, passed under again against a proposition, Prop Forty Seven, right? Which says you can steal up to nine hundred and fifty dollars worth of goods per day, mm -hmm. and it's and it's just a misdemeanor. I mean, so what's the point of her task force? As long as that state law is in place. There is no point. The The point is to make it look like she's doing something, but she isn't doing anything. And and this is, a lot of it is Prop 47. A lot of it is George Gascon, the DA in yes, Los yes. Angeles County, who has just chosen not to prosecute. Everybody's a first offender. Nothing is a serious crime. Uh, we have to think about uh, what 
what good does it do to put them in prison? They'll just come out worse. They will come out. They'll come back to society. They'll be worse. These are the arguments he makes. And then as crime gets worse and worse and people feel less and less safe and businesses are hit daily, some of these businesses are being hit by thieves like this daily. Not to even yes. mention the cost of the damage of the broken windows and display cases and the, exactly. the costs that they incur from this total breakdown of law and order in Los Angeles. And George Gascon is saying, well, I think I could communicate my ideas a little better. It's not failure to communicate. It's failure to prosecute. And it's, it's really, it's sad to watch, honestly. And then there was a recall effort yeah. that apparently qualified for the ballot but the registrar's yes. office did a few things that weren't quite right and disqualified a lot of signatures of voters who are actually legitimately valid signatures. And there's now a lawsuit over that. And we will see mm. we will see what happens with that, because what happened in the registrar's office is in some ways even worse for California because Los Angeles County is such a big part of the statewide electorate. It's 10 million people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the biggest county in the right. country. It, it's like a quarter of the population of California. Right, basically. and more than five million voters. And so it's yeah. it, one out of every four voters in California is in Los Angeles County. So if there are shenanigans in the registrar's office, it's affecting statewide elections. We should do a whole thing on that, Susan. Let we a deep dive on okay. that. It's incredibly important. Um, and and also you and the other thing, just while we're talking about LA County and the and the voting, that that was also the place where, thanks to the Judicial Watch lawsuit, they they after endless kind of rounds of legal back and forth, they were told to remove was it one point five million something like that inactive voters. What they what they designated in as County. inactive voters. It's it's very confusing. Um, technically, inactive voters are not sent a ballot, and yet we know that there are at least tens of thousands of people who have moved, I mean, they, these were identified in the lawsuit over the Gascon recall. They found yeah. tens of thousands of people who were on the rolls who should not have been because they've moved or died or otherwise were not eligible. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, so there's a lot lot to, to, to get into there, but let's just go back to the 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 shop you know the 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 retail stuff all this uh, thieving that's just been completely sanctioned mm -hmm. basically um prop 47 there's two two things i wanted to note on this first of all that was shamelessly misdescribed yes. when that was on the ballot yes. just remind us what they called, they called it and by the way when i say they it wasn't a they it was a she right oh, our then state attorney general Kamala harris well the the ballot title was not so bad the one that she wrote it said something like criminal sentences it was not so bad but the the proponents who included george gascon at the time before he was da he was one of the co-authors they named it in the law the safe neighborhoods and schools act and that's right. how it was described in the media. That's how it was described in the advertising. The Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. Amazing. It, it, what it what it did is it created this. It it reduced the penalties for, uh, felony drug offenses to misdemeanors. It reduced the penalties for fel felony burglary and robbery to misdemeanors. It it designated all the people who'd been convicted of felonies for resentencing or early release who were already incarcerated. So it had all these effects. And supposedly this was going to save a lot of money on incarceration, and these savings would be plowed back into this special fund called the Safe mm -hmm. Neighborhoods and Schools Fund, 
and the money mm -hmm. would be used for mental health care and education. How's that going? I don't think it's going very well in Los Angeles. And, and the upshot is that it's just much more difficult to divert people into drug programs to have any leverage for prosecutors because everything's a misdemeanor. And so yeah. it's just and a, a ticket and released. Well, that's what I want to say. When we say felony versus misdemeanor, for those who, I mean, I think we all know, sort of have a sense of what it means. What does it actually mean? Like, for example, in the case of this guy that was just released, with the, I mean, the way it's described in the media with a ticket mm -hmm. for, for, for the, is that what it's like? It's the equivalent of a parking Essentially, ticket. yeah. Because, you know, first time offender, not a serious offense. George Gascon has all these directives about what they won't prosecute, and he won't prosecute crimes like this. And everybody knows it. Which is why you're seeing this. Juveniles will never be tried as adults, ever, no matter what. And even the theft yeah. of a handgun of under $950 is not considered a serious felony. It's a, it's a misdemeanor if it's valued at less than $950. So you could steal a handgun and use it in a crime, and that's everything's fine. It's a misdemeanor. So the, the, the bottom line is it's a combination of George Gascon and the measure that he wrote, Prop 47, causing these problems. Yes. And just as a, by way of contrast, I just was looking for this. I found this headline. This is from the UK where you have similar explosion, not similar, you know, I guess the same issue, increase in shoplifting, nothing like what we've seen here, but people are concerned about it. So this is the headline in the London Times. Build prisons to fit shoplifters, minister suggests, right? So prolific offenders face jail time under new law despite... So here's the story. The government is prepared, to, is prepared to build more prisons to accommodate prolific shoplifters because they deserve to be locked up, a minister have, has said. This is the Conservative government in the UK. I mean, tougher sentences being planned for several offences in a crime and justice bill that will Why? require judges to impose custody on those caught repeatedly. Shoplifting, burglary, theft and common assault do not necessarily result in a jail sentence at present, but would do so after a number of offences are committed. Um, it's amazing. So that's, so that's what they're doing in the UK. They're, saying, they're yeah. saying, yeah, we're going to prosecute and we're going to re require uh, prison sentences. And if there aren't enough prison places, we're going to build more prisons. I mean, it, it couldn't be more different. I think that's kind of what California did under its three strikes law, which is now history. The idea was that if you if you had three strikes, even if none of them were so serious, that was a pattern that would merit incarceration. And that was considered, you know, years later as causing too much incarceration of so-called minor crime. And we had criminal justice reform. And now we have what we have. And the pendulum will swing. Yeah. And you'll probably see a two strikes law because people are so upset. Yeah. Well, there's a two strikes law on knife crime in the UK. I mean, I don't want to read the whole article out. People can find it on the Times of London. But um, but that that's what they have on knife crime because they had an, a, an explosion of that. And I just saw it in that piece. Two I mean, look, the thing is, I, I think we, we say this every time we talk about the subject. Yeah, there are some good points there about over incarceration and for nonviolent offences. And it had a particular impact, impact on young black men and therefore their communities and so on and family for you know it's a real problem and there's a real issue there but they've got they've taken something that you could have got a lot of agreement on that we should really try and focus incarceration on violent criminals who need to be kept off the streets mainly not exclusively but mainly um, most people would agree with that and people shouldn't be in jail if it makes them worse and jail should be better and be rehabilitative and so on so that you're not just creating you know more uh, uh, colleges of crime was a phrase that's been used um 
it's at lots of agreement on lots of the aspects there of 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 what what was called criminal justice reform but now it's gone it's so far to the left they've taken it so far to the extreme exactly as you say where nothing's considered a serious crime not no one should be in jail i mean literally there was someone i heard from one of these activist groups the other day saying that saying there shouldn't be any jails you know it and being taken seriously in the by the media by, by this sort of interviewer and one of the, it was the one of the local npr and saying oh yes yeah, very interesting so what's because i think that they were responding to something that like gavin newsom had made some announcement about closing prisons or something of course they released a huge number during covid of prisoners and so they've got some new plan to close prisons and it's etc and this activist was responding to that by saying it doesn't go far enough we need to close all the prisons and these are the people these activists who are driving the policy you know it, it doesn't break evenly along partisan lines i went back and looked at prop 47 and what the ballot materials said that the voters were shown mm-hmm. and it showed that diane feinstein the democratic senator from california wrote the opposing argument saying don't vote for this and Newt Gingrich, the former Speaker of the House for the Republicans, he was in favor of Prop 47. So people had, wow, yeah, I didn't people know that. had these different views based on just what you're saying. Everyone agrees that you want incarceration to be beneficial overall to the society, and you want people to be treated fairly and not over incarcerated, not locked away for 30 years for stealing a package of gum. We all agree on things like that. But by the same token, you can't have a situation where there are no consequences at all. Exactly. So that's what we've got to. And and I just I don't have it to hand, but I I, I think this happened just before I left. Um, I don't think we've discussed it, you and I. That absolutely amazing, stunning bombshell letter from the Oakland NAACP. Yes. The, it's an amazing, amazing public letter. Oakland, just across the bay from where I live, is absolutely, you know, being destroyed by crime of all kinds, violent and nonviolent. It's just a total chaos and collapse of civilized order. And the and all of the, remember all of this stuff, the criminal justice reform, the progressive DA's movement, as they call it, which really arose after the Ferguson riots in 2014. We don't need to get into the sort of history of that, but that's really what it's been going. And they're funded by George Soros and others, um, the progressive DAs, people like Gascon and Chase Boudin in San Francisco. And we got one in Alameda County across the across the bay. The guy in New York, what's her name? Fox in Chicago, you know, all over the country. Funded by George Soros and his organization and other rich white liberals, usually, who don't have to suffer the consequences of this pro-crime stuff. So all of that was done in the name of racial justice. That was their explicit reason for doing it. And here you have the NAACP, the voice of black America, saying it's an amazing letter. Everyone should read it. If you, I'll, I'll repost it on, 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 on Twitter if we're still called X, I guess. And one of the things they say is just like it could be from any conservative commentator. This is the NAACP saying if there are no consequences for committing a crime, there will be more crime. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's what we've seen. That's what we've seen. And. And it's it's going to have a terrible political backlash. So everyone should try to work together and find reasonable solutions that we can all agree on, or that most of us can agree on, to to solve this problem. We need better yeah. better prisons, not fewer prisons, but better prisons, better conditions. We have to work on all of mm-hmm. these things, and most of all, we have to get it right. We can't just be convicting people recklessly and not caring if that's accurate or not. We have to get it right every time. Mm-hmm. So if there's a question of actual innocence, I think we need the government to step in 
and monitor for cases that might have gone terribly wrong, especially in serious mm -hmm. crime cases where you've got someone who's identified by an eyewitness and that's not reliable. You have to have accuracy and you have to have justice, real justice, not social justice, economic justice, environmental, real justice. Right. Actual justice. Actual yes. justice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One, one last thing. Sorry, I, I, I meant to bring this up earlier on, on Prop 47. There was an effort to overturn that. That was in, in 2020, 2020 as well, it was wasn't Proposition it? Proposition yeah. 20, and it went down to defeat by almost two thirds, I believe. And I'm not sure why that is. It was uh, after the summer of riots over the George Floyd deaths, and, and it was perhaps it wasn't a good time for the law and order types to go on television and say, trust us. I'm not really sure what happened there, but I can tell you that that was um, opposed. Prop 20 would have would have reclassified some of these crimes as felonies and did a few other things. And yeah. former Governor Jerry Brown fought it tooth and nail, spent about, I think that campaign spent about 15 or $18 million to kill Prop 20, I believe, or maybe, I've, maybe I'm mixing that up with Prop 57. Mm -hmm. But in any case, Prop 20 was defeated when Governor Jerry Brown was one of the people who helped to defeat it, former governor. Yeah. Again, someone who's, who's who's described these days as kind of more moderate compared to what we have. But I mean, that's a, you know, <laughs> that's a the, wide the, the, swath. The, exactly, exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just think this is an ongoing thing because if you, I mean, I, if I'm right, and I think that they were, they were, they were trying to overturn in that one, Prop 47, Prop 57, pro, which prop was 57. the one about the, and then AB 109, which is the, the three things that are always cited in relation to crime, right. that, that apart from the specific actions and policies of these DAs, which are hugely important, as you said, the statewide legislative framework has all gone in the wrong direction. And it's three big things, Prop 47, Prop 57, AB 109. And I think it, and, that, and that was all about getting people out of um into, you know, county, there, into county jails. I can't remember. Yes, there, prisons, there was basically. a Supreme Court decision in 2011 that ordered, right, ordered the state of California, a divided decision, five to four, six to three, something like that, and it ordered the state of California to release 30,000 prisoners if it couldn't end overcrowding any other way. Ordered that to happen. Now, one of the reasons was because there were not enough mental health professionals working in the prisons. It wasn't just the physical overcrowding. It was the lack mm -hmm. of mental health staff which gets to that other issue that we've talked about, that we don't have large mental health hospitals the way we yes. should have so that people, there's, there has to be a place other than a prison where people can be under, yes. under some I sort mean, of Yes, I mean, I remember that one of your three-point plans, which I think is the, is the Medi Medicaid waiver, That's right? right? That's what it's, needs to be. It's the waiver of the, of the Medicaid law that stops the funding, federal funding of large, of mental health care in large facilities. We could get a waiver from that ban on the funding and Governor Gavin Newsom could ask for it, and he won't. Yeah, there's so much going wrong. Um, all of it needs a total overhaul, but we, we just have to fight these battles piece by piece, very diligently and professionally. That's what you're doing to go back to where we started. The Howard Jarvis, these propositions are really important. The fight against these absolutely ludicrously shameless partisan maneuverings uh, on in the legislature right now to try and um, keep the door open to endless tax increases um, uh, it's really important we've got to keep an eye on it um, can you help us do that Susan thank you so much for being with us thank you Steve all right hope you enjoyed the show for more great conversations like that make sure you follow us on Apple Spotify YouTube wherever you get your podcast follow us on Twitter tell your friends all about the show join the movement 
go to goldentogether.com and help us save California. And we'll see you back here soon for the next episode of The Steve Hilton Show.